It's Thursday night, folks. That means the Big Go Bell podcast is back. We're live this week um, exclusively on Twitter. Um, and if you're listening to the podcast, it is on whatever your respective audio platforms. We always thank you for tuning in each and every week. Um, the whole crew is here. And we got a lot to talk about covering uh, Wednesday night because we had AEW versus NST as always. But it wasn't just a regular Wednesday night war, but it was night two of the perspective pay-per-view branded style shows with fighter fest and great american bash um with it's really going to trickle down to a lot of different things that came out of the uh out of last night um so we're going to try to cover it all as always we're going to take our uh, little shift and break and do our uh, high high low cameo which should be really fun tonight and then um ending off the show with a bunch of news but uh, before we get started everybody how y'all doing today cool feeling good hanging hanging in there COVID free. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so again, Wednesday night, AEW and uh, NXT put on night two of their respective shows. uh, NXT with Great American Bash and AEW with Fighter Fest. And I think the first thing I would kind of want to throw out to you guys is that what show did you guys watch last night? Why? And did you make the right decision? And I'm throwing this right to Jamal first. Um, I watched both of them. Uh, at the same time, because my monitor is pretty damn wide. So, <laughs> old school channel flipping. Oh yeah. Uh, no, no, no. They were on, yeah, they were yeah, on the yeah, same picture and picture. Yep. Yeah. Same screen. screen. Monitor. So, um, uh, yeah. Morrow sucks. That's confirmed. <laughs> um, I think the biggest thing that the reason why I wanted to do that was because both of the leaks came out from both of the shows, and I wanted to see if that changed my perspective on how I felt about any of them. It was also interesting to see where the placement was. Um, Generally, the first uh, opening hour is the big thing. You need to get people in that have just come in from other shows, that have just come in from something else. It's top of the hour. So what did they start with? And then after that, what are you going to keep them with in that middle 20 minutes? And then that last 20 minutes, uh, you know, which usually runs over into the second hour, is something that you want to hit them hard with again. So it's a roller coaster that they're trying to uh, weave. And then, of course, knowing what the finish of the, or everything, really, um, I, I definitely watched both of them. I will say that NXT, I can understand, I was more interested in it because I hadn't watched that in a while uh, versus AEW, you know, kind of tracking with that a lot more. Uh, with that said, I think both of them, for different reasons, put on a pretty damn good show. And it's really hard to say that, like, there was a clear winner. The bottom line is I was sports entertained until I turned on my NXT feed and listened to Morrow. And then I immediately <laughs> decided to not do that. So, I mean, other than that, if I can get, like, you know, uh, an NXT feed in German or Russian or penguin uh you know other than listen tomorrow that really was the worst part of it but it was what uh, on mute it was a damn fine show awesome i i will throw another question back to you um because Actually, you, you know did what? yeah there you go hey yeah wrapping <laughs> the black and gold <laughs> let me throw a question back at to you real quick um since you did watch them both what were you able to observe that maybe the average fan may not have just picked up on because of the way you were looking at it, not just for entertainment wise, but to kind of really see how the, um, the cross, uh, booking was done. 
Well, I mean, the, the production for both shows are a lot more different than I realized. Um, just how their cameras are set up. Um, the hockey rink that NXT broadcasts from uh, with the plexiglass <laughs> everywhere. Uh, you know, it's, it's very, very different. Uh, AEW being in a, uh, an outdoor, semi-outdoor venue, uh, it's a beautiful sunset uh, last uh, Wednesday, Thursday, whenever they taped it in Florida. But either way, that's a very different aesthetic than um, not knowing what time of day it was. They could have filmed that at midnight or they could have filmed it at 2 in the afternoon, uh, NXT. So I mean, those things were different. And then, of course, the like, you know, some of the strikes and the camera zooms in right into the strike and stuff like that. Typical WWE stuff. But um, it definitely seemed to uh, AEW seems to direct the show more towards a sport, sporting event in that you have a fundamental idea of what should should happen. Anybody that watches baseball knows that, well, the pitcher's going to throw the ball, so you probably want to put the camera on the pitcher or, or that home plate, you know, center field camera. And then if it hits it, then cut the camera or whatever in that field. I mean, that's you don't have to be a 20-year director to know that. AEW seemed to be a lot more loose in that there were a lot of, not a lot of, but more missed um, – Things with with camera shots because there was so much going on. Uh, the eight man tag, for example, I don't know. I don't care how many monitors you had. I would hate to direct that segment because too many things were going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the match was bananas. Um, whereas NXT was a little bit more structured, a lot more contrived, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. But it, you know, but then then and of course on top of that were the matches themselves. Uh, what went against what? Who decided to use picture in picture in what place versus not? Who just what did you lead your golden segment, the top of the second hour into versus not? What was your main event going to be versus not? And um, and I think those choices were interesting. You know, leading off with the uh, the the street fight with uh, Mia and Candice, um, and then you know AEW leading off with a big tag match. Um, the eight-man tag came in that nine o'clock spot, which was bananas. And then NXT let off with like counter that with like Shane Strickland and Johnny Gargano. Where on paper, three years ago, I would have said that was a money, that was a takeover match that I would want to see. Um, and then the main event was Orange Cassidy and Jericho versus um, Lee and uh, um, Cole. I was going to say Matt Riddle for a second, but you know, but Adam Cole. Um, yeah, so those are things, and, the, and and it does say a lot that, like, they still obviously see that Jericho is a top star, but to put Orange Cassidy up against this thing um, says, speaks speaks volumes about what they think of him, um, and guys like Darby Allin in the main event and stuff like that, you know, uh, considering that Moxley wasn't on the show and he's your champion, considering that Cody really didn't have a presence um, at all, um, and he's another champion, um, and Sheeta didn't uh, wrestle a match, and she's the other champion. Uh, it was still a really a pretty solid show. Um, and then NXT uh, did their thing as well. It was another pretty solid show. So watching them both side by side was a really, really interesting thing. Um, but is that Beth Phoenix and uh, Tom Phillips up beside Morrow? Mm-hmm. What an odd combination. 
let me let me let me let me get to Damien on this again. The, the initial question is, you know, which show did you watch? Why? And did you make the right decision? I watched NXT early this morning, uh, and then maybe about before my last client, I watched AEW. I liked both shows. I liked the action more so on NXT uh, as an overall card versus what I felt the bookend for W. Uh, I was going to call them WCW. <laughs> That's what AEW. Like. That's what it felt like. Thank you. Yeah. It yeah. felt like I was watching a WCW show over on AEW with a great curtain jerk with a, you know, with a really good main event. Do I regret watching NXT? No, because once again, I feel that because of the spoilers to Jamal's point, I wanted to see the reaction mm-hmm. after the fact, uh, you know, for, for, for that match. And we'll get into it later. But to also to Jamal's point, I do want to go back and rewatch Jericho versus Orange Cassidy because I was never an Orange Cassidy guy when he was on the Indies. I have come around because I have noticed something that AEW has been doing lately. And that is also bringing up these talents that WWE would never push in a billion years. Uh, for instance, the Orange Cassidy's, the Sa- uh, Sammy Guevara's before his suspension. Uh, for instance, now with, with Private Party, you know, kind of getting that rub last night. I like, if that's the angle AEW is going to start going with, I can watch, and maybe, uh, maybe this is going to sound a little wrong, but I can watch the male division, the men's division of AEW, while still getting my women's division of NXT <laughs> hierarchy on until AEW's women's division is improved. And I'm, 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 I can't wait for Britt Baker to get healthy again because she is a modern-day honky-tonk man, and I love it. And I love the fact that whenever, whenever her and Big Swole finally get in the ring, Swole going to whoop that, whoop that you-know-what, and I'm going to love every second of it but to your original point i don't regret watching nxt first uh but i am pleased by even though and we'll talk ratings but even though aew seems to be on the come up they might be learning their lesson so fingers and toes crossed go ahead will i i'll jump in next so my biggest thing going into last night was I was most curious about what the match layout was going to be, like Jamal was saying earlier. My big hope was I didn't want the Keith Lee and Adam Cole match going against directly the Jericho and Orange Cassidy match, which is actually what ended up happening. Going into it, those were the two matches I was most interested in last night, so I was hoping they'd be spaced out from each other so I wouldn't have to watch them you know pick one at, at, to see live so but they ended up doing that i was thinking the idea would be eh, we put jericho and uh, orange cassidy at the end of hour one beginning of hour two you know that nine o'clock hour halfway in the middle of the show i was thinking maybe aew would put it there to purposely avoid putting it up against the lee and cole match being the spoilers were out word was on the street about what was going to happen there to anyone that was paying attention and i thought there was a lot of of a possibility that last night would be kind of a Mick Foley wins the world title moment with people knowing what's up and being pulled into wanting to see that match. When the ratings come out tomorrow, that's actually the number one thing I'm really looking to see when we have the quarter hour breakdowns is how those two matches did against each other. So that said, since they went that way, 
I had both shows on at the same time and just kept jumping back and forth. And when it came time for the main, when we hit 9.30 and it came time for Keith Lee and Adam Cole commercial free for the last half hour, then I was fully on NXT. So the rest of the show, I was going back and forth and being like, okay, like the uh, the eight-man tag, I was pretty interested in, so I watched a bunch of that. Mia Yim and uh, Candice LeRae opening the show, I was more interested in that, so I watched that. Mm-hmm. was where I started. And then as the night went on, I just went back and forth, which whichever match happened to be on at a given time, that was – you know, whatever catch caught my attention, I watched that one live. And then soon as Keith Lee and Adam Cole was done, I immediately flipped it over, hit rewind, and then watched Jericho and uh, Orange Cassidy as soon as it was finished. So, yeah, the um, Keith Lee and Adam Cole I thought was really interesting. I was kind of surprised they went so long. And I'm really curious to see how that match is going to do over that final half hour. But I think it was another great move just like last week of doing that match commercial free, having the rest of the show normal with, you know, build up that commercial time and save it for your main event. So you could hook people in for that title match and not have them slipping away. So we'll see tomorrow how uh, those two did again. Those were two very different matches between the story they were doing with Orange Cassidy and the story they were doing with Keith Lee and the, the double titles on the line. Two very different approaches. So mm. I'm really curious how much of a gap they'll be there compared to last week when Sasha and Io went up against the uh, tag title match. And there was a very significant gap between those two when the quarter hours came out. So we'll see if that trend continues this week. Okay. All right, Sellers, you're up last. So when I was watching yesterday, I took myself back to like 1995, 96. I took myself back to, uh, and tell me if I'm wrong, DC folks, when we had Jones Communications having the A-side, B-side cable box. (laughs) Um, I I took myself back because I finally got a chance to do something today that you always wanted to do something when you was a kid. How could you have both channels on at the same time? So what I did was I had on my iPad, I had uh, NXT, and on my phone, I had AEW. And I was just going back and forth. And I was really, you got really kind of touched on how the shows were paced. But my main focus was the main event. Of course, the spoilers were out. We knew who was going to win that NXT match. But what I ended up finding up doing for myself was when I had both main events on at the same time, I was more intrigued about the Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho matches. Not because I'm an Orange Cassidy fan. Or is it? Not really, but well, it, well, it is. But but I really like the fact of the storytelling that that match took that just kept me engaged, even though it went against a juggernaut type of match for a title. Um, and that goes to both Jericho of how he can bring up somebody in the ring. And even though Orange Cassidy lost, I was just still impressed of how the whole match went. Um, but what I could not miss was the ending of the Keith Lee, you know, Adam Cole match. Cause that like everybody else, I wanted to see that that epic reaction and what would it be like for a pay-per-view level show on on TV. And like you like you said, Will, it was commercial free for the Keith Lee match, but I did notice they kind of went commercial free with the AEW match. I think they had a picture in picture commercial at one point, but you would still focus on the action that was in the mm-hmm. background during that advertisement. And it seemed like nothing was missed. Um so it, like you guys, I'm really interested to see uh, what that last 30 minute tier is going to be like at that ratings. But literally, I can tell you, I had them both at the same time, just going back and forth. But I kept my eyes focused more on that Orange Cassidy match, even though I knew what the result would be for the Keith Lee match. OK, so uh, uh, this, here's the next point that I want to bring up. You guys are talking about spoilers. I didn't realize that everyone had knew what the spoilers were. I knew they were out, but I avoided them. But looks like that was the inevitable for everybody but me. Uh <laughs> 
But much like you guys said last week, if you saw the spoilers, then it was it was going to more entice you to watch that match outside of, you know, uh, pry you from watching it. AEW, I thought there's some interesting things with promo work. Uh, one, mm-hmm. saying that Jericho pretty much uh, endorsing that this was the best match that he's ever had in his career. So that speaks of high volume, mm-hmm. uh, considering all those Eddie Guerrero's, Juventude, and, uh, and uh, Ray Mysterio days back in WCW. So... Him saying something like that definitely made me raise my eyebrows, but I, I I felt like the more established groundwork of what NXT did with their main event was more of a draw, not to mention much like you guys said, if you're out here leaking spoilers, which, you know, we, you know, the spoilers of that match came out on Jericho's official website of some sort. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of questionable, but nonetheless, like now that this is all said and done, the matches happen. We've seen how they kind of led both of these shows going into it. Does that make you feel different about any of this? The pre-recordings, the tactics that was used uh, uh, trying to get people to go to each show, or is this just something to brush under the rug? So we talked about this last week about the old Tony Schiavone Monday Nitro uh, blowing up the fact that mankind was going to win the WWF championship. And lo and behold, you've mentioned Jericho <laughs> mm-hmm. on his personal website, essentially saying, you know, don't turn in there. I'm going to tell you what happens. Turn in here, which actually brings up another interesting comment, which we'll talk about later about WWE's potential pandering. Uh, also, quick aside, Najir, how dare you mention Juventud Guerrero <laughs> in the same breath? As those other legends wrestling against Chris Jericho. That's so at the very least, man, Dean Malenko, that is sacrilege <laughs> to mention Hoovies. So it's his Orange Cassidy. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> but 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 to finalize, you know, my thoughts on it, it's just gamesmanship. It's it's people trying to be petty. Jericho will always loves to needle WWE since he left. He wanted to get more eyes on AEW. By spoiling, potentially spoiling the match. No big deal. Him pumping up Orange Cassidy, I don't really read too much into it. I just think he was trying to put another star over. Like, hey guys, if you like these people, you'll love Orange Cassidy as we go forward. It's just him pumping up the company line. I got no problem with it. And all this is just gamesmanship for you and I and all of us to talk about and for Meltzers of the world to lose their, you know, lose their ish over. That's pretty much all I saw from it. Uh, so so before anybody else respond, one other thing I want to kind of bring back, and I know Jamal brought this up more, more or less than recent, is that when AEW was formed, they pretty much said that this wasn't a war. And then we knew that NXT definitely were counter booking. So I guess that said all the rules are uh, all the rules off the table now. But nonetheless, they went back on their word here because these are mm-hmm. definitely war tactics. So does that change at all, considering that the mission statement is completely voided now? What what is what what chapter change exactly? Because of the fact of, I mean, for me now, it's more like, hey, we're we're absolutely taking shots at this other promotion. Before that was like, that's not our focus. You know, there's plenty of press and interview work from Cody saying we're just going to do our thing, worry about our thing. But Jericho's doing it. Uh, Taz is doing it, promos and all that other source are absolutely fire shot. 
at their competitor when they absolutely built this promotion saying that that's not what they were going to do. I, I think last night, I think you absolutely have to say, yeah, it's it's no if, ands, or buts. That's what's happening. Uh, so does that change the perspective of anything there? No, because the guys that set that stuff were heels. I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, really, 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 really. I mean, because Jericho, um, Cody said when Cody said it way back when, this was as the executive vice president, Cody. But yeah. Taz saying it in a promo, in a heel promo, you know, running down Moxley, uh, Jericho as your you know top two heels in the in the company um, next to Cody says, you know, what he says. So. I think it's kind of on brand for those guys specifically to say that. Now, if Hikaru Shida came out and said, fuck you, NXT, then I'd be like, oh. <laughs> oh, I'm well, tired. Oh. Fair point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got to consider the source. You got to consider yeah. the source. And really, they've been doing that all. They've been talking out both sides of their mouth from the jump. Those guys. Yep. That's that's the way it's been from the jump. They'll make their public statements about, oh, you know, we're just trying to take, we're just trying to launch our brand, and you know, we don't want to, you know, put anyone down and all this. But they can't help themselves. They they are hung up on that, and that's who they are. That's who they are. They they will tell you they aren't, but it's clear in their actions. That's who they are. It it, it is what it is, and it's been that way since they formed. So it doesn't surprise me. It's just I just think they should be a bit more honest about it and be like, yeah, it, it, you know, we're 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 not happy when they get the better of us. We're not happy if they if they make light of something, you know, if they make light of something we've done or if they have a, if there's a legitimate point brought up that we're not, you know, meeting or yeah. something. It's it, it, it is what it is. But, yeah, I'm, I think what was interesting to me, thinking back about the last two weeks of how they promoted these shows, I mean, we, there was that interview this week with Triple H where you know, people probably, you know, are, are you really, are you counter-programming or are you just doing what's best for NXT? It's the same thing on that side, too. He's going to claim, oh, no, we're just doing what's best for NXT. But it's like, no, you're going to, you are going to do whatever you can in your power to try and undercut their efforts. I mean, that's why that whole show is on Wednesday night to begin with. It's there to undercut the growth of mm-hmm. AEW. It is what it is. And it's, it's you know, it's neither side, neither of these sides have to play fair. They're under no obligation to. So I think there's, you, there's people that expect them to when they shouldn't. I think that's what the, the problem kind of comes down to is there's, 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 I think a segment of fans that think, oh no, they're, well, they're, they're not like WWE. They're, you know, they're not going to stoop to that level. No. If they if they have something to gain, they're going to stoop to that level. It is what it is. It's a wrestling war. Still competition on a small level. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's a competition, and if you have a chance to gain something, you're going to do it. It's mm-hmm. it's, it's all it comes down to. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you talk about uh, people being in their feelings and ratings and so on. Uh, <laughs> Tony Khan <laughs> is uh, campaigning really hard on uh, Twitter about an yeah. hour ago. Uh, hell, not even t- 10, 15 20 minutes, minutes ago. ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's still going. Oh, geez. Yeah, he's still going. I, I Okay. I mean, before I even kind of even face this question, what to make of this? Like, I feel like this is a little peculiar for him to be so vocal about this. When you're talking about viewerships and demographic and so on. Uh, but yeah, what, for, for, the, for those who have seen it, kind of sum it up. And thoughts on it. 
Yeah, so, the, so to, to be clear, set the table first. So the, yeah. the, 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 the ratings that came out today was pretty much the same story we had last week, where NXT is now winning the overall viewership, but AEW yeah. is winning the younger demographics that are the more important numbers as far as like advertising go. So for three weeks in a row now, NXT is drawing the larger overall audience, but NXT is, I mean, AEW is hitting the prime demographics. So they each kind of have their own bragging rights going on there. But I guess the, the trend that's becoming interesting is that NXT has now won that overall viewership three weeks in a row. And Tony is taking a big stance tonight of making sure he wants people to understand that those prime demographics are very, very important and that, darn it, that's what counts. And he's very publicly making that point, and it is a fair point to make – it's just really interesting the links he's going to tonight mm-hmm. to do it. <laughs> so how I look at Tony Khan, number one, he's 37, but he's going on 27, the way he's behaving mm-hmm. right now on, on social media. He reminds me of those internet marketeers, guru types that are going to promise you the world, but they just want to make money, but they do it in a way to connect with you so you feel like you're part of the show. Whereas when Hunter and company do things like this, it's more, oh, it's Papa Triple H because they've been around the business longer. They're able to kind of build an actual wrestling show. Tony Khan to me smells like the kind of guy that would sell me a course for $300 on the Internet that's worth only 20 because he's holding (laughs) on to he's holding on to these victories like you said, Will, not over the overall ratings, but the demographic. So he knows already AEW is the young boys wrestling show. That's where he's going. That's what he's doubling down on right now. So the behavior of Tony Khan reminds me of a guy with daddy's money that is like, you know what? I'm going to just talk my ish and people are going to get behind me because the demographic I really want is the younger was it what do you have now? Gen Z now demographic? Yeah, I, I think they replaced it with an emoji. So <laughs> okay, the poop emoji demographic. That sounds accurate. Yeah. So I, I think for me, just and I showed you guys the the, the new twenty minute trail he wrote. It's like really, man, you got nothing better to do than to say we don't charge for shows, but we're showing you that. We, stop it. Let your let your talent do the talking. You be the money guy. You be the press release guy. Don't be young Dave Meltzer. We don't need that right now. Stop that. I actually like it. Okay. And I like it. I actually like it because fuck Dave Meltzer. I mean, so there's Obviously, that. Yeah. Yeah. But no, but I, I like it. Because Hold on, just in case, Marcel, you agree with that because you know how you are sometimes. I totally agree. Okay, keep going. Yeah. Well, but, I totally agree. But, but here's the thing. I, if I were, you know, if I were on a team, I would want my coach to big the team up. If I were, I would want the general manager to big the team up. I would want, you know, people at the top that cash the checks to say, like, yo, this is a brand that we believe in. These are our guys, and this is what we're going to do going forward. I think Tony being transparent, handling the Sammy situation, which is bullshit, but, you know, handling that, and I think him being transparent, handling Jimmy Havoc's situation, um, more or less transparent, you know, I think is a plus. But on the other side of that, with 
you know, some of the biggest shows of, of the summer during the dog days of summer, mind you. Now, granted, this is a year that we haven't seen in a hundred years. We haven't seen it. We haven't seen a, a year like this since before television. So this has actually never happened before. And during the dog days of summer, where we are in July after the 4th, we will, you know, what does television look like? Uh, you know, states are starting to reopen or whatever excuse you want to make. Everybody's watching the news. Everybody's watching Tucker Carlson for some goddamn reason. But the idea is AEW, uh, what, nine months into their first year, is top 10 in the ratings consistently. Mm-hmm. And however you want to slice it, last time I looked at the ratings, they it's marketed by uh, 18 to 49. Or, yeah, a person's 18 to 49. Not by viewership, not by, you know, people in Kentucky, not by anything else, but people 18 to 49. So if that's how you measure it, they're in the top 10, number seven this week, and NXT is 24. So for him to, you know, come out of the gate with a banger of a product and then, of course, continue those successes... I kind of want a little bit of cheerleading from my guys because when Jerry Jones do it, I was people, just people, going there. people don't got, have a problem with it. I got another thing. When you Jerry too. Jones does it, people have a problem with it because he needs to sit his ass down. Well, you can't have it both ways. Yeah, just going there. Go ahead, tell us. Yeah, I got another comparison for you too, and I actually agree with you, Jamal. And and just a side note, two chains. Uh, Colin Cowherd would probably be the only one I'll defend, but other than that, uh... but but going back to my point, another person that Tony Khan reminds me of is Mark Cuban. I think Mark Cuban is one of those owners that even if you don't like the Mavericks, like you root for what he does because if you play for him, he's going to support you the best way he can. Um, and I think that's what Tony Khan is doing. He's all invested in what he's putting in for for AEW. And why not have somebody who's going to be that ultimate cheerleader that's going to ride or die with you to what you need to do? And like literally, I'm I'm not a Mavericks fan, but I love Mark Cuban as an owner, and I root for him anytime he does something because literally, you see him on the front row of every single game. He like gives high fives to his you know his players or whatever, and that's what Tony Khan is doing on a different level with AEW. So I agree with you totally, Jamal. I think he's like a Mark Cuban to me. Is no, one, fan. Is, is no one going to mention Guy Fieri before we get to our half? <laughs> I was no, thinking, I was thinking, well, there's two points I want to make with the way this is being approached. Now, that's where it gets interesting because, okay, if, if, you, if the big concern is the demographics, if, if you want to spin it that way as the demographics, and that is a perfectly fair point, that's the that is the money demographic that we're talking about, the 18 to 49. Yep. So on Wednesdays, that's been a big focus of, you know, your Meltzers and I'll say, well, AEW's winning the 1849. It doesn't matter that they're not winning the viewership. Okay, that's all fine and good. But as we've been talking about the past few weeks, you look at the whole picture of Wednesday night. This isn't like the other nights of the week. You mm-hmm. got, hell, Guy Fieri beat them twice last night with a regular episode and a repeat. Beat both shows in the demographics and in viewership. But... My main point is this. My main point is this. If we're going to focus on the demographics, let's switch to Mondays. Let's switch to Mondays because all I ever hear about Monday nights is Monday Night Raw is doing horrible. Monday Night Raw, everyone's turning it off. Monday Night Raw is a disaster. Well, if her focus is on the demographics, let's just look at this week on Monday. Four, five, and six, all three hours of Monday Night Raw this week in the demographics. So same story. Which is it? Is it good or is it bad? On Wednesday, if it's AEW, it's good. If it's on Monday and it's Raw, it's not good. But it's the exact same thing. That's all I'm going to say about that. 
<laughs> Holy moly, <Moses> and Broly. <laughs> you know, is it viewership or is it demographics? If it's demographics, then we can't keep you can't keep bang, banging this drum that Monday Night Raw is doing horrible because they're still in the top ten with all three hours, and that's oh, consistent. So, but to be fair, and a quick counterpoint to that, the reason why people say that Monday Night Raw is, is horrible because they're looking at pick any length of time, mm-hmm. whether it's a twenty year, you know, twenty years of Raw. Has definitely mm-hmm. gone from this to this. Right. Ten absolutely. years of Raw has definitely gone from this to this, and five years mm-hmm. has gone from this to this. Mm-hmm. So, looking over the longevity of Raw versus nine months of Dynamite, it's like, okay, obviously the length is going to be a lot shorter, but that cliff is fucking deep when it comes to mm-hmm. WWE. So, considering what it was and what it is now, hell, I'll even give you throw away the last fifteen years. If you look at Raw in the last five years, oh yeah, and we're still in the DVR era. We're still in the Netflix era, blah, blah, blah. No excuses. It's falling off the cliff. So when you say that Raw is horrible, I think that they're judging it by that metric. And when you mm-hmm. say that the AEW is horrible or the NXT is doing horrible, worse than AEW, or whoever's winning, depending on which way the wind blows, they're comparing it to each other. And I think that that's something different. SmackDown is in 98% of homes in America. 98%. You, all you need is a TV and a good-ass lightning rod to get, to get a Fox station. <laughs> and yet their numbers aren't what they were. They did $4 million that first week, and it's been the slipperiest of slopes. Somebody, a, a fucking oil tanker slope, fell off the cliff and greased the slope. <laughs> Nonstop, no breaks. We're going downhill. So I think, to be fair, there is some context there, and they are comparing AEW to NXT which is around 750,000 people versus Monday Night Raw over its history with no other competition in wrestling, for example. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, compared to itself is in, is in, in the ICU. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to come up on our cameo little portion in a second. But before we get to that, just to let you know what you can expect after that is... Of course, we have to talk about the epic moment of Keith Lee, uh, epic and historic moment of his win over Adam Cole. But as good as that moment was, we we got a little bit of reserve on this booking. So we'll we'll be talking about that in a second. But um, until then, let's get into Cameo right now. And of course, if this is your first time, not joining us and not and not sure what this cameo hello cameo is well jamal will explain it to you yep so cameo is a service where you can request uh, a celebrity and i use that term very loosely to leave <laughs> you a personalized message and the celebrity sets the price and they through cameo uh talk to you uh you can do a cameo zoom call uh with a very limited selection of celebrities you can do send them a text message um, and you know, at a nominal fee, you have two or three bucks, depending on who it is or what they set. Um, or the traditional thing is to you give them a topic and they respond to you in a video. So since the the talent sets the price, who do you think is uh, who do you think is charging more than Umberto Carrillo? Oh no! By the way, really quick, before we get into that, uh, just in case, because somebody did ask me where can you find Cameo at, Cameo.com is where you can find these services at. Um, And I also heard something really interesting about Cameo on the news, which I'll talk about in a second. But yes, you said Alberto Carrillo? 
Umberto Carrillo, uh, you know, big brooding baby face of Monday Night Raw. Do you think that he's charging more or less than Ron the Truth Killings? Oh, our truth. That's a tricky one. Our truth is not only a WWE superstar, legend, but he legend, living legend, ambassador at the rest. He is a big Hollywood actor <laughs> and soon to be platinum rap artist. Our <laughs> truth by a football field. Right. I I this is I'm talking about our truth who was in a movie that didn't make it to the dollar theater. The same our truth that went double plastic on Spotify. <laughs> I, I'm gonna say our truth lower. I mean, as much as much as you push them up, I don't even think our truth would even care what, what cameo would be. I, I think lower. See, now here's where I'm falling on this. Our truth strikes me as a guy that will hustle a dollar off anybody. He, will, he, he is going to make that money any way he can. So I can see him looking at Cameo and be like, I'm not going to charge a lot because I am glad to do these little quick little messages and just roll those dollars in. I can see him not looking at it as like a big deal at all and wanting to cash in on that while he can. It's tricky, though, because Humberto Carrillo is so new and so fresh on the scene that I can't see him charging much because he's just not much of a name yet. I'm going to say, I got to say our truth is charging more, but I don't think it's much more. I think it's very close. See, if little Jimmy was there with our truth, <laughs> I'd say it was a lot more because you got to pay residuals to little Jimmy. <laughs> but I will say, because Umberto does have a following in Latin America, uh, I could see that being something that can kind of balance it out. But to answer the question, I think our truth charges a little bit more than Humberto Carrillo. Stay lower. I'm stay lower. At $150. Uh-oh. Our truth charges more. Is higher than uh yep. Humberto yeah. Carrillo. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. The question I don't, is, know, I don't know what movie you watch, but that was a good movie. Oh, was was nice. I, w- I wonder if he'll defend the 24-7 championship in a cameo. That costs <laughs> actually. <laughs> it is possible. I mean, it is very possible. He'll lose the belt to his kid. I, I, would, I would see that. Um, he's a big deal on the uh, indie scene, and he you know, had big plans for WrestleMania, which unfortunately got uh, got canceled because of the coronavirus. Effie. But do you think that Effie is charging more or less than Umberto Carrillo? More. more. Effie's a business person first. More. Yep. Yep. I'll go more. I mean, huh. But more than 150 is the thing. No, our truth was at 150. Our truth was 150. Okay, my bad. Yeah. My bad. I'm getting twisted up here. Getting twisted yeah. up. Yeah, I'm going to say Effie's more. I'm going to say Effie's more, too. I got to go on the more side. At a solid buck. At mm-hmm. $14. 14? Effie. 14? 1-4. $14. Effie is charging less than Umberto Carrillo. Oh yeah, I, we're we're gonna be placing order. I've seen some of his videos and it, it, they're they're very good and, and I like like he's always got the charisma. So like it just makes sense if you're gonna if you're gonna spend the money, then make sure you get a person that's gonna be truly into it. I've seen some bad ones posted and just to get your name dropped just isn't good enough. I, I don't care if you're cutting your grass and shit. Like <laughs> I'm paying for something, pay me attention. You know what I mean? <laughs> Another uh, you know. 
another guy that I think is you know, probably going to should charge more than he than he does. But Marcus Buff Bagwell, oh, he's charging no. more or less than no, Alberto Cabrillo. Marcus, Mister Gigolo Cowboys. I'm about to say, yeah. I'm about to say Marcus X X X Buff Bigelow. Definitely. <laughs> I'm gonna say higher. You don't even have to go anymore. <laughs> higher, higher. Without Judy Bagwell's baby boy is charging fifty dollars. That is higher than Cabrera Korea. There yeah. you go. All right. For fifty I'm bucks, he's not figure out how to work his phone. I'm sure. Right. <laughs> I'm scared what those cameos would be like. I, I mean, you know, some people, look, people are into it, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, he was just on AEW. Brian Pillman Jr. charging more or less than Umberto Carrillo. Is there definitely, a ha- definitely hats off to that match, too, by the way. That was yeah. a good match. You said no push? No, no, no. It's not a push. Higher okay. or lower. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I just tend to think these indie guys, they, they understand the power of the dollar and how they, they, they just have to hustle more because it's not, there's no guaranteed money nowhere. So I have to think again, he has to be higher. I'll and he's well low. known. Yeah, I think higher too. Higher. I'm going to go lower. I'm not sure how much higher he should be, but at $15, Brian Pillman Jr. is lower than Humberto Carrillo. Jeez, yep. these folks doing under twenty dollars surprise me. Twenty nine dollars. We got Pillman. Effie and Brian Pillman. Thank you. I was gonna say, how is Brian Pillman a dollar more than Effie? Come on, man. That's Come like on. that's like two dollars more than a premium Netflix subscription at this rate. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it's it's actually crazy. Um, so two more. Uh, our penultimate uh, high low cameo is for Anthony Corelli. You may know him as Santino. Uh, Santino Morello. Mm-hmm. Is he charging more or less than Alberto Carrillo? Higher for sure. More. Yes, and yeah, I'm that's thinking a- more too. Yeah. Not much more. I'm going to say 55. I'm going to say he's at least 100. I can't see him that high. 50 sounds about right. At 20 bucks. Man. <laughs> Santino Morello is lower than yeah. Alberto Carrillo. Wow. wow, these cameo prices are just like unpredictable in so many I mean, ways. <laughs> here's the thing. If the margin was like this, then it makes sense. But then there's people that just bust open the roof when you're just like, I don't get the market. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. Last Sorry, one. The next one. Mm-hmm. Last, right, last one. one. Former ROH champion, Matt Taven. Higher <laughs> or lower than Alberto Carrillo. Go ahead, Damien. I know it's your favorite wrestler. Got hit higher <laughs> just because he needs the money. I'm gonna say higher too. I got. I have always had a feeling he thinks he's uh something. Damien just pulled out his most New York get out of here I've ever heard him <laughs> say ever. If y'all didn't catch that, <laughs> um, I don't know. At this point, lower. I'm gonna say lower. Twenty dollars <laughs> at thirty-five dollars. Matt Taven's charging more than Alberto Carrillo. So, Umberto must be 25, is my guess. 25 to 30. No, he's 25. 25. Nice. 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 Nice.
in that really a strange market. Now, I got a question for you guys. Now, I saw this on the news and I tried to record it real quick, but also that probably wouldn't have been a good thing. But nonetheless, I saw on the news that they brought up Cameo. And that's because they were listening to our show, obviously, because, duh, that's what you should be doing. But I'm not going to tell you everything they was talking about. I'm just going to get straight to it. Who do you think is charging the most on Cameo? I heard this this week. so I, I heard it. I didn't hear it. Um, okay, and I, I'm pretty it, sure Jamal knows it's then. It's a big name. It's a big name. No clues. Go ahead, Silas. Yeah. Who do you right, think wait, is charging? Can you give me two clues? No. It can be anybody. But who do you think is charging the most money on Cameo? So uh, The first person I'm going to think about is Beyonce. Okay, and give me your second guess. Uh... Think about it. Money. Ah, All about ah, the money. Ah, no clues. Ah, no clues. So, no so, clues. So, so, first, all right, so first thing I'm thinking is Beyonce. So then right there, I think Jay's going to do the same thing, Jay-Z. Okay. Jamal, do you, do you know this already? Um, I think it's uh, – I know that I've been looking through it, and unless it's changed, I thought it was Caitlyn Jenner. It is. What? Caitlyn Jenner is the most Floyd Mayweather's number two. Okay. Yes, I heard Mayweather was like doing for like, nope. like 999 or something. Caitlyn Jenner is number one. Floyd Mayweather is number two. Floyd went out saying that he was going to be the most, and Caitlyn Jenner actually is the most. So, interesting mm. fact there. Now, you guys do not do your homework because next week I want to come back and I'll let Jamal. I don't know the answer myself, but next week we'll see who's charging the least on there. Okay, so once you scrape the bottom of the barrel. Um, there are some people that are there for a dollar. Um, it depends on the category because some people, like, for example, I'm looking at the wrestling category and there'll be some people that are like not even wrestlers or there may be a guy that wrestled in a movie once and then now he's charging 20 bucks because he was an extra in the wrestler. So it can really be kind of messy at the bottom. Okay. Um, you know, obviously the top is a lot more well-defined, but when you have... And I'm looking at it now. Barkley the dog is a dachshund that's charging four dollars. Um, and we get, you know, Paris the mini pig is charging ten dollars. So at the bottom, the bottom of the bottom, um, it gets a lot messy. So hmm, we'll figure it out. We'll we'll do something fun with it. So so um yeah, that's our cameo break. Let's get back into our topics now. So I, I, again, before the break, I, I said we we're going to talk about. Uh, the historic match between Adam Cole and Keith Lee. Keith Lee winning. A little if you knew it last night or last week by spoilers. He won becoming the NXT champion and North American champion for the first time ever. Somebody used to hold both of these titles at the same time, which is cool. Keith Lee is one of my favorites. Bada boom. Um, he's a ex uh, guest on the show and has all the talent in the world. There's without a doubt. But the question about this is outside of a lot of reasons like it's his time he's been working hard i mean i love the vignettes they've been giving him when you talk about the work he's done on the main roster because of circumstances everybody knows uh what some of us have known for a long time is that this guy literally has all the tools in the shed regardless of how you look at it you know a big guy that can do flips he can do anything it's literally he literally is his gimmick he's limitless um, and he's just one of the best in the world. So what is our thoughts about this now? But well, the question is, does it seems to be a response for WWE in the heightened 
of what's happening in society? Is making Keith Lee your champion and decorating this matter, is this a response to the Black Lives Matter movement and other things? Now, I'm going to speak first before anybody get on this, and then I'm going to throw it to you, Sally, since uh, we kind of chatted about this a little bit. Mm-hmm. I know people are not going to be a big fan of this statement, but Uh-oh. is it not far-fetched for them to put a black champion every February? No. All of a sudden, yep. every February, yep. there's, a, there's a black champ. Titus O'Neil gets a push around February. Uh, Ricochet. And then come March, well, <laughs> you tell me. So, you know, you know, somebody mentioned on Twitter today how Hollywood now are making responses to shows that were uh, at once predominantly all white and coming out with a predominantly all black of the same show. So these things are happening because of the responses of uh, the Black Lives Matter protests and other societal things. So the question to you guys, and, and, and like I said, says first, is this just a response to it or is this just the booking that was always in the in the books? So and, and it's interesting you say that because Dr. M, who is a part of our, our group, you know, who runs our Twitter a lot. Me and him joke from sometimes, you know, when you see like Titus O'Neill and everybody come on the month of family. I mean, February is always the black history push. But we just do that as a as an undertaking joke. But to be more serious in what we're looking at now, let me first say that the moment that Keith Lee had the confetti, everything of him being that champion, him winning, to me, I thought that was very authentic and I thought that was well-deserving for him. I'm not taking that away at all. That's the moment that you really, as a wrestling fan, seeing him and being fan, uh, being a fan of him, you know, it could be emotional if like your favorite wrestler comes up and wins a big moment like that, similar to what Kofi did. Or anybody that has a moment like that, regardless of color or race, if they have that moment, you can't take that away from it. It's just like a Super Bowl win, um, just like an NBA Finals win, whatever sporting event where you have won your ultimate prize that you've been waiting for, it's an excellent moment. But I saw something late last night and early this morning from Bleacher Report Wrestling. And you guys may have saw it too. And what was interesting to me that I didn't think about it at the time, and I'm going to make a connection because everybody is saying with this theme and this presence, if Black Lives Matter, then all lives matter. And when this post came out that 11 out of the 15 main title holders mm-hmm. in WWE are people of color, that kind of brought to my attention. And when you talk about people of color, they had everybody's picture up. They had Eero Shirai and mm-hmm. they had Asuka. And even people may or may not realize, but if you really understand her, her heritage, Bailey, who has some Mexican descent in her, mm-hmm. she is a person of color. Sasha Banks, of course, and then you got the tag team champions, the New Day. And now you have Keith Lee. So when you think about it, is it really a great moment that we're doing right now? Because you have an 11 out of your 15 title holders are people of color. Or is it something that WWE is trying to say, well, look at the time we did during the pandemic and Black Black Lives Matter. We had all these people of color champions. And then let's say when things get back to some type of normal, things will go back like it was for the last 20 or 30 years. And I'm not just talking about race. We also talking about, you know, women being underrepresented with wrestling. So it was just very ironic that I saw that post in, in a way I was like, okay, great. You have people of color, you know, cause we're very diverse in this podcast, but is that something that was 
meant to be happening? Because you know, when you book things in wrestling, you book things on purpose, or was it something that was cre- thought about of one and a half for this moment? I, it, I just had some mixed feelings about it. So that's what I'll start off, and I, I'll push it to you guys to see what you thought. Here's the first thing that jumps out at me. Keith Lee's big push really started last fall. You know, Survivor Series was that big breakout moment Mm -hmm. with Roman Reigns. So we got to go to last calendar year to see when suddenly it was like, whoa, we definitely got something here. And you could tell once they did that big spot with Roman Reigns at Survivor Series, it was like, okay, they're all in on this dude. It's just a matter of how quick they're going to pull the trigger on going all the way. Now, I would have personally done it quicker than this. I wouldn't have waited all the way to June. I think he lost some momentum in the meantime. Mm -hmm. But I think it was clear back in November Keith Lee was going to get his unless something went, you know, totally off the rails or, you know, out, out of whack or so, some sort. To speak to the diversity point, I think, yeah, that I, I'm looking at that graphic right now that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Cells, mm-hmm. But like, you know, you got the new cruiserweight champion, uh, Escobar yep. up in there. You got yep. the big Scott with the WWE title, Drew McIntyre. You got the Street Profits. You got Asuka. You got Io Shirai. You even got Apollo Crews. When yep. you look at the whole picture, it's like, yeah, there's a very – diverse cast of characters right now yep. holding all these championships and it's 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 refreshing it's good to see i think it's it's really cool when you see it all laid out like that because i think when you see one one of them at a time you're just kind of like, okay whatever but when you see the whole landscape exactly. all the shows it's like exactly. it's it's definitely i'm sure it's being done in in i, I don't want to say it's being done like just for business reasons, but obviously that plays into it. I mean, we talked, we've talked in the past about, you know, when they made Jinder Mahal champ an yeah. idea of like, you know, trying to embrace the Indian market. And we joke about Mansoor and how mm-hmm. they definitely, you know, have people they pick up with the idea of, okay, we want to have someone on the roster that is aimed at this audience that is aimed at this demographic. I mean, it's part of how they do business. They're trying to create heroes and characters that resonate with different character, different areas on a worldwide scale. Mm-hmm. I mean, wrestling's always been that, but mm-hmm. I think there's much, maybe there's more calculation going into it now. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, when I see that graphic on the side of my screen right now, it's hard for me to look at that and think of it as a bad thing. Right. And especially right. when I'm seeing, you know, the amount of men and women on it. That's mm-hmm. even, you know, across gender lines where you got Bailey, Sasha, Asuka, EO. It's like, you know, it, it's not even just race, it's also gender. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I get why they're doing it, mm-hmm. whether it's that much of an ulterior motive. I don't know, but I do go back to first thing that jumps back in my head is Keith Lee was definitely getting his last fall. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's something they just suddenly decided since, you know, black lives matter happened. Mm-hmm. Keith Lee was already in the pipeline. Mm-hmm. I, I want to give you all, uh, I want to give the other two a, a moment to say something too, but I mean, as much as I'm a Keith Lee fan, and as much as I want to believe everything Will is saying, we've also seen Ricochet get the, mm-hmm. we know he's going to get his, and we've also seen Velveteen Dream. We know he's going to get his, but, so like that guarantee, no matter how much buzz a person gets, that's not a guarantee no. at all. And, I, and to, again, and to I be fair, he, Velveteen is having his issues currently. So. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, way before this, way before this, obviously, you know, uh, when he, you know, he 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 couldn't miss. He, he he'll he'll land gold anywhere. Um, there's been other people, you know, that's definitely had like really good momentum, and it just amounted to nothing. So I, I think to kind of say like 
with all the momentum he had, that still wasn't a guarantee it would have got to this point. But I'm very happy that all things aside that last night what happened is what happened. It was it was a special moment. Uh, the other two, you go ahead and get in there. Go ahead, Damon. So I want to take a minute to just say, remember when Lars Sullivan was being pushed ahead of Keith Lee about a year and a half ago mm-hmm. and how problematic Mr. Sullivan became, but they sacrificed Keith Lee to put him over as a monster. I want to be positive, but to Will's point, there's a, there's a seed of doubt creeping into my head right now. This is the pandemic era. This is the empty arena era. When the crowds come back, are we still going to get this, this modicum of talent being pushed to the forefront? The ladies, the people of color. Remember, Jordan Devlin was the NXT Cruiserweight champion before the Speaking Out movement. I know he couldn't come over, but they were, have to, they were supposed to have an interim tournament. Now, all of a sudden, Escobar is the unquestioned Cruiserweight champion. So I'm worried that going forward, when the crowd start, maybe in 2022, when we finally start going back to wrestling shows <laughs> full time, uh, we're not going to, we're going to remember this as the asterisk WWE era where we've had all these people of color being champions in the forefront because, to your point, pandering, for lack of a better term, uh, to, for WWE to show because they've never been on the level in terms of pushing uh, champions who are people of color. For instance, I always go back to Kofi Kingston's, Kofi Kingston's eight-second loss to Brock Lesnar. They want to say it was a storyline reason? Bull crap. They barely even mention now he was a former WWE champion. So, in three months from now, do I think this is still going to keep going? Unfortunately not. Am I happy now as a fan to see Keith Lee get his just desserts? Of course. It should have happened about four months, three months ago, four months ago, because a crowd would have probably been more electrifying to see that live. But I do think they're pandering. And I, I wouldn't be surprised eventually that AEW starts to pander because I've seen a lot of the sounds about white tweets going on with their roster. And it won't be long now before Tony and the boys say, you know what? Uh, she does not enough. Let's push Sonny Kiss to get the TNT championship like he's wrestling Cody next week. So that's how I feel. I'll wait and see. Three months from now, I don't see the momentum carrying over. So there are a couple of things with this that need to be defined. Um, number one, before we talk about diversity, we need to set the box, the parameters of what that actually means. Because depending on who you ask, if you are a person of European descent, no matter where you come from, then you're white. I mean, that's 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 a thing that the census, for example, says. So Davian, white guy. Well, equally white, depending on who you ask. Obviously, that's <laughs> not the case visually, but as we look, as we set up parameters, that could be a thing. So then, so then I think, for example, when people say the lack of diversity, they're talking about uh, black per, or indigenous persons of color. Yeah. There is a there is a difference between um, a tanned Filipino, also of European descent, because you know Spanish were boats and a guy, a black guy from Detroit or descendant of African slaves. So however that needs to be crafted, 
before you do that, then you can delve into the actual diversity because we don't know how we're measuring, uh, you know, folks as far as its diversity goes. So let's just take the blanket. WWE is super diverse because they're literally people from all over the world. Okay, cool. McIntyre is a champion. Uh, you know, Bailey is from California, but but is Hispanic. Uh, Sasha Banks is from California, but is black. Um, you know, Asuka uh, and Io Shirai are both Japanese. All of these different things. The Miz is from Ohio. So all of these different things. I mean, you have to have um, these different colors of the spectrum. And that's fine. So when you talk about diversity as a whole in that people are from somewhere else on the map, and if you had a map with a bunch of pin cushions, WWE would have filled up a lot of the world because Manzor has the Middle East on lock. With that said, when you talk about black people, descendants of African slaves to be very specific, well, Keith Lee and then Kofi before him and Sasha Banks. I'll give you three, but I really can't think of too many others without going back a few years. Velveteen Dream. Okay, cool. Now we've gone back four years. Apollo's at the the U.S. belt right now. Okay, yeah, cool. (laughs) Totally forgot about Apollo Crews as like a person. So cool. So, So, but then, so now we're talking about a numbers thing because there just aren't many black, you know, persons of colors versus the entire roster. Right. There's only those people that are named and Ricochet and uh, Bobby who, who? Cedric. Damn, he's still there? Oh, yeah, right, and Cedric. Uh, because they buried him. I forgot about Cedric. So now we're up to, what, six? So it's, yes, a minority. It's a minority thing because minorities are a minority because of the numbers game. Is that indicative of WWE's reluctance to put it the belt on um, a, a descendant of African slaves, a black person of color? Uh, maybe. Because the WWE is a business. And the bottom line is they need to sell that business. So when they do so, representation matters. Guess how many white folks there are in America? A lot more than my black ass. So when you're selling it to advertisers, who's going to be your champion, Kofi or Brock? Oh, we saw what happened with that. Who's going to be your champion, Adam Cole or Keith Lee? Well, Adam Cole had it for, what, a year? 403 days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, over a year. So I'm not saying that WWE isn't willing to pull the trigger, especially in the more progressive NXT. They aren't willing to pull the trigger on having someone else as champion. ACH, for example. I'm not saying that he ever would have been champion, but sure, he had definitely had a better shot in NXT than he did in the main roster, if he were to make it there. Hmm. Uh, Shane Strickland, same thing. Definitely has a better mm. shot in the NXT to be champion than in the main roster. Mm. Because advertisers, as we have discussed about the ratings, is what matters. Cash rules everything around it. Cream get the money. So, <laughs> so the idea is, as much as I would like to think that this is that Keith Lee is better than being the affirmative action 24-7, I-95, WWE 24 champion, I do realize that this is a business. And to be honest with you, who's harder than Keith Lee right now in NXT, considering that the Undisputed Era should be on their way out? Yeah. And, oh, and I, I, another quick thing before we get to our news is that, and Keith Lee doesn't have that gimmick or that persona of, I'm just happy to be here. Nope. You know what I mean? The legitimacy of a champion and how that's being built is another factor 
Yeah, they didn't give him a gimmick. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, but but I think that there there are other issues that WWE has not relevant to who should be champion or the face of the company or whatever. But then WWE, there there are different issues, and that mostly is in the creative process. Uh, and we've talked about this before. Why? How come? How come most of the black uh, persons of color? How come they are shucking a job, or their crime time, or their the new day when they were a gospel group, or their uh, you know whatever the the nation of domination or whatever it has to be? You know how come they're that? How come they're never John Cena but black? How come they're never uh, Alistair Black but black? <laughs> um, you know, you know, it's like there, there are other personas that people that anybody can do, and it's not relevant to black. I'm just happy to be one, so I'm going to stick up for us. But I don't have a problem with uh, the new day luckily turning the corner and coming out in a, out of a giant cereal box in Super Saiyan gear. Cool. Uh, we could use a little bit more diversity, but diversity goes a lot deeper than just this guy's darker than that guy, so give him the belt. Yeah. I think we all agree that moving forward, diversity and inclusion is something that we want to see done authentically in WWE. And, you know, a lot of the wrestlers have spoken vocally to their perspectives about this. And as a fan now, you know, it's not, I don't think it's wrong to question intentions, especially with this historical path that they have taken. Now, moving well, absolutely forward, it is. It's always, it's always, you always want to question intentions. Yeah, Exactly. And I think now and with now with all the discussions that's happening, it's no better time than now to make changes. But it doesn't mean that eyebrows are still not going to be raised. So, but yeah, let's get to our news so we can wrap up for the night. And the first thing I'll start with news now, hand off to Jamal, who's our news officiato, um, is the PWI thing. So uh, they came out like a couple of days ago, I think. And PWI, if you're not familiar with, um, nonetheless, the magazine has been around for years, Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Um, They do this thing each and every year where they rank their top, number of wrestlers in all of wrestling based on factors. Uh, the PWI 500 is what I'm speaking of. Uh, the, PW5, the PWI 500 was primarily men. Then they have the PWI 100, which are women. So they made an announcement uh, a couple of days ago stating that effective this year, the PWI will include wrestlers who, regardless of gender, fit best fit our usual criteria, win-loss record, technical ability, influence on the sport, success being the highest grade of competition, success against the most diverse competition and activity. Well, I see mixed reactions on this. For me personally, uh, no. <laughs> I, 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 I don't think, I, I get what they're aiming at, but no, because I still think that now you're just incorporating everybody into one pool, pandering to have the same bias. Uh, I don't know. I, as I wanted to bring this up. I still want to take a little bit more thought on it, but initially it didn't grab to me like this is a great thing. This is a I don't know, boss. So, uh, quick thoughts on that, or if not, I'm handing over to Jamal to, for the rest of the news for the week. Oh, also, too, before this get before this even get any further, because I know I'm going to forget. WWE, excuse me, 2K Sports to stop it. No more WWE stuff. That's all I can say. Stop it. No more. <laughs> Just give it up. But yes, this 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 announcement by PWI. It's it's PWI dipping their toe in changing things without actually jumping in the pool. 
is all it is to me. It's it's a nice idea, but when you say you're going to incorporate the women into one 500 list and it's not going to be split anymore, but then you immediately follow up that statement with, well, if you're if you strictly compete only against women, though, you're still only going to be on the in the women's 100. We're only going to include people who are t- com- taking part in intergender matches or are making so much of an impact that it would warrant rating them that high. But for the most part, if you're just a women's competitor and you only wrestle other women, you're only going to you only get to be in the women's rings. And it's like, OK, no, either you're make either you're putting women in the 500 or you're not putting women in the 500. You don't get to do it with this big asterisk on it that like, well, only these women qualify, maybe about 10. And then everyone else, the great majority of people that are just competing in a women's division, oh no, not them, not them. So it'll get there eventually, but this is not quite the large scale move that they're trying to make it out to be in my mind. Yep, 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 we'll see it. All right, news, Jamal. Yep. So, uh, Ring of Honor, uh, they're still a thing. And this weekend, <laughs> they are going to have a tribute episode on Ring of Honor TV to Hana Kimura. So, they're going to look back at some of her Ring of Honor matches, including the G1 match with the Garden. And, um, you know, Ring of Honor stars are going to share their favorite memories of her. So, uh, the great, good on Ring of Honor for them doing that. The problem is, when the fuck does Ring of Honor come on? No, 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 no. The problem is, in true Ring of Honor fashion, why is this happening a month late? <laughs> well, Very I think, true. No, I, I think that, that, that that is fair, but I do think that it is good of them to give people the, the time to grieve and, and to do a thing. And also, Ring of Honor was running you know shows. They could have preempted stuff, but I think that it's I'm okay with the timing. I, I'm really okay with the timing. I just have a problem with the fact that nobody knows when it comes on. Unless you're paying for Honor Club, and if you are, good for you. Good for them doing it at all, but it's a no for me, bro. Like, can't find it, and why why would it take this late? I mean, it's not like you guys were producing shows weekly, so... Well, I mean, they were doing stuff. I mean, they had, like, a lot of... They they were producing shows. They've been doing best of, is what they've been doing. Like, features and stuff. So, take a best of her memorialize it and get testimony from your people that's involved. I, well, that's they did. Pro- I would I rather them pro- do it now than then half-ass it and come out with some really shoddily made production and do a thing. And also, to be fair, if it's going to be laced with um, testimonials and stuff like that, people have to you know shoot that stuff okay. So and, and get it together. So I think logistically, the fact that they were able to get it done in a month Maybe maybe a lot longer, but this isn't like everybody's coming to the studio or into uh, the show or to the venue to shoot cut promos. Um, you know, people have to come through and, and piece this thing together. Uh, when NWA did their little um, watch along bit, how long did it take before new episodes came out? I mean, if they watched it on a day and then it came out a couple of days later at best, and it really wasn't that great. We saw what they were trying to do, but it wasn't that great. So, depending on how this is, if you can find it, because it's Ring of Honor, good on them for for doing a thing. Um, Also, Lana. Now, whether you're a fan of hers or not is irrelevant at this point, because her mom uh, got tested for COVID-19, and she's currently in the hospital, uh, and because she's asthmatic as well. Um, So, if you you believe in the power of prayer, you might want to send one up for Lana. 
and her mom. And also her her dad, because he tested positive Mm -hmm. as well. So, uh, you know, all of them, uh, Lana, her parents, Rusev, the whole Perry clan, you know, say, say, say a prayer before you uh, have your vitamins and milk tonight. Mm-hmm. That's um, that's the thing. It is, of course, we are on the road to SummerSlam, like it or not, and which was supposed to be a thing in Boston, uh, this the weekend of the New Japan show. Obviously, these things are not going to happen for reasons. Well, WWE has said that okay, cool, we're going to do SummerSlam at the Performance Center, but they're still on track for a September date of having actual live fans. The question that I have to you guys is that if they do have live fans at a bigger arena outside of Full Sail, do A, do you think they're going to run a live show in the state of Florida? Because Florida is burning to the ground from the inside out (laughs) as we speak. Yeah, Chernobyl, Florida. Right, right. It's a problem. (laughs) Do do we, A, think that that's going to happen? And B, do you think that they're actually going to get people that's willing to more or less go? I know that we've all said publicly, like, yo, we're, I'm not going to a wrestling show to, you know, it's not worth it. But then I'm going to a movie theater or Buffalo Wild Wings or whatever the hell, it's not worth it. But Damien. But um, it's, it's still more to the point of what would that look like? We've seen the no crowd error. We've seen the fake crowd error with real people behind the hockey glass. But what will actual fans look like to some capacity on television? Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see because what New Japan's about to do it in a week or two with about a 30% capacity is what they're going to do for their first return show over in Japan. My guess would be if WWE manages to do this in September, if that's their new target now they've pushed out SummerSlam, my guess is it will be in Florida unless they get some sort of incentive to do it elsewhere. And as we have already seen, folks in Florida don't care. So they'll, they'll get people. It's just a matter of how many they're going to need to get. But if they only need a few thousand, I am sure they can get a few thousand people to show up. I don't think that would be an issue because, as we've seen, there are so many people that just do not care about the masks and they're not sweating it and it's not their problem and mm-hmm. they'll show up. There are people who will show up. It ain't going to be me. It ain't going to be none of us. Nope. But there are people who will do it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good old. Florida going to Florida. Florida mm-hmm. is doing Florida things every single time. Florida, Florida's. Uh, <laughs> last thing, uh, the biggest the biggest heel in AEW is Cody Rhodes, and he has the TNT Championship, almost has it hostage, if you will. Uh, <laughs> he's going to face Sunny Kiss at last uh, at next week's Fighter Fest in your house. <laughs> there has been a uh, a push online for Warhorse to uh, face them. Uh, because it's open to anybody. It's an open, open right. challenge. There's been uh, people um, that are saying that, hey, there could be other people. NWA is is you know kind of fledgling, and they've kind of given a large pass to most of their talent and stuff like that. So uh, for each of you guys, since this is an open, open challenge, and his John Cena mode is full effect, who do you think Cody should face for the TNT Championship? I'll give you one name that's heavily rumored, and that's Eddie Kingston. Ooh. Who was last seen on NWA? I don't nobody steal my my glory right now because I'm going with my boy O'Shea Edwards. Pile out here. 
It'd be awesome to see O'Shea on there. Eddie Kingston's definitely campaigning. The, the indie mm-hmm. side, you know, is pushing for Warhorse to get I, him I like on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd with it not doing anything with it right now, and given their past history, I wouldn't mind seeing the NWA champion Nick Aldis possibly show up one week. Not like he's doing anything else, and they have a shared uh, history in the past. It might be you know retreading uh, the f- original uh, show they did, but still, it'd be That's, something for for a one off. I think it'd be perfectly fine. It's money to be made there, and I don't think ROH will be too happy with it. But nope, ROH. Hey, what's what's ROH? Is it yeah. still on the air? I can't find it. <laughs> <laughs> Look for the late night castle reruns. It might appear after it. Stop it. Ah. Castle, stop it. Yeah, no, yeah. he's he's not lying. Just God forbid college football preempts it because you'll be up at four in the morning. I'm pretty sure MASH comes on right before always. Uh, when does Night Rider happen? Uh, right right before MASH. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I like all of your choices. I think randomly, if you want to be spoofy, yeah, come you, on. You, I'm going to say someone like Simon Miller. Or David Arquette, someone spoofy like that. But Nick Gage. Yes, I knew you going there. The person I'm thinking of is Nick Gage because he runs this ish and he he will fight you. So I want to see Nick. I would love to see Nick Gage just show up at AEW and just beat the crap out of somebody. Crazy. And I love it. I love every second of it. Crazy. Nick Gage versus Archer is the match that needs to happen right now. Oh, Mosley, yeah. Mosley would be so upset if he wouldn't be able to be able to wrestle. Oh, fuck Mosley. <laughs> so I'm going to go a, a name that's going to be a little throwback for me. Now, I'm not oh, sure. Oh, here we go. I'm not sure if he's technically a. a it's Colin Cowherd. <laughs> no, Mr. I Kennedy. I wish. No, no, no. Um, I don't know if he's a creation per se, but uh, Aaron Stevens, better known yeah. as Damian Sandow. Yeah, he's a WA. Uh, so I think that's that's something that, you know, that will bring back some nostalgic because of their tag team days when they were together. Um, that could be something that could be a one off that they could do just to bring some you know pops for that. So that would be my vote. Yeah. I mean, I think the TNT title is perfect for that, where you could just get a big pop from a from a name, you know, similar to how they use Jeff Cobb, uh, similar to how they brought in Ricky Stark. So I think. If you're going to do that, that would be kind of cool to get these matches that you never thought you'd see happen. And AEW, somehow, they're getting people in the building. You know, that's not it's not stopping them. Travel is just as be damned. Unless you're a woman, then, you know, they don't have time for you. But but they're getting the guys in. And I think that that would be um, actually uh, pretty cool. Uh, a guy that I would like to see, uh, Leo Rush, um, I not just because I think it would be a good match, and also – the heat hasn't really cooled down from his WWE career. And if this is his last match ever, 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 and he never does it again, I think Leo Rush having a statement match 15 minutes on TV to show what he can really do or the thing that got him there would be a good look. To, to be clear, I think Leo Rush is done, but I feel right, like a, a, yeah, new gimmick is coming. That's what I'm getting at. Okay. I think I think he sold all his gear with Leo Rush, anything right. attached to that. So um, like Roosh, I don't care. But if they get him in, um, <laughs> who is this, this Roosh guy? Sounds yeah, like Roosh. somebody. Sounds like a guy who used to work for this company. Everybody keeps talking about. Oh, we're, we're, oh, that's a different. That's a different Roosh. But, um, <laughs> oops. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, no, I think I think uh, Lionel Rouge would be a good look versus Cody. Uh, and I think a couple of those, maybe maybe once a month, they just stack up a really hot commodity, and that's a way to keep that bridge with the independent scene. Yeah, um, that's how that's how you that's how you do it. That's how you do that. But that's the news for this week. All right, last thing. This is this pick whatever it is. The new USA Championship or bringing back the FTW Heavyweight Championship, <laughs> which was the better move this week. USA Championship. That was the USA. Because it was so divisive. It was so like, I hate it. I love it. I hate it. I love it. Where, you know, we're all ECW old school people, but at the same time, I'm like, I kind of didn't care for it the first time around, the FTW Championship. So for a minute, I thought it was for the win. I was like, oh, wait, no, it's not for the win because we're old. But I, I honestly don't care about bringing back that title. I think the only reason that's brought back is because Cage is going to lose to Moxley. So he needs a pseudo million dollar belt to lug around while Taz, you know, is his mouthpiece. And then when he inevitably wrestles Darby Allen, you know, they can feud over the FEW championship. All right, yeah. uh, Damien, Damien took everybody's time. I'm just playing. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be quick. We're fun. Definitely, definitely the the rebranded U.S. title that when you see still photos of it, it looked a lot better than it did on TV. There's so much damn lines in it. I think it, the lights were just reflecting all off it, so it was really hard to tell. But in still photos, I like it a lot better than I initially did. Meanwhile, the FTW belt showing back up after 20 years, I was just kind of like, really. And the other thing that immediately jumped out at me is like AEW has had a thing from the jump with having to have extra props around, whether it's MJF with that ring, whether it's the world title getting stolen and returned and like that whole drama and Moxley not having it for a while. It's like there's enough going on with like props in AEW or black gloves or something. It's like you don't need another prop. Not, not that. It's like it's too much. It's too much. I don't need it. <laughs> um, short answer is uh, the as as the resident ornithologist of the group, uh, I love the big ass bird on the U.S. title. So I mean, if you can give me a giant bird on a belt, I'm I'm good with that. The FCW title. It's not that I didn't mind it. I did mind explaining it to people under 25 that didn't understand what it does, <laughs> because the million dollar title it hasn't been a thing in a while. The FTW title hasn't been a thing in a while. And it really kind of the King of the Ring, you know, scepter hasn't been a thing in a while in a big, big way. So explaining the, you know, uh, the way the precedent for a belt like this was more trouble than it's worth. So also birds are cool. So, yeah, U.S. title. So for me, quickly, I say U.S. title, but I'm not going to be happy until my favorite title comes back. And that will be the European title. All right, well, that's the show for week. But uh, also, upon further discovery, um, if you are if you are into birds, that hootie still exists in a very microscopic level on the T uh, the TNA Heavyweight Champion. I know it tries to blend in there, but I still see it in there. So uh, there's that. Anyway, that's our show for the week. Um, catch us next week and each and every Thursday, eight o'clock Eastern Standard Time, live on Twitter, and if not, on all your audio podcasting services and that'll be it for us everybody take care wear your damn mask and uh be easy peace out